0: I didn't think it was possible that there could be more chaos in the Democratic Party. But sure enough, here we are. Bernie Sanders drops out of the presidential race. He then endorses Joe Biden and progressives light up the Internet saying no way, never going to happen. Even Bernie Sanders own former press secretary is saying, I humbly disagree. I will never support Joe Biden. Progressives on social media railing on Bernie for saying that they should. And Bernie comes back and actually knifes them all in the back, saying it would be irresponsible for you not to support Joe Biden, a person they said they would never support in the first place. Now, these resistance types who just want Biden for some reason, even though the dude probably can't be president even if he wanted to, because the dude can't think straight, are saying we all knew Bernie Sanders was gonna support Joe Biden, so fall in line. Bernie Sanders even points out when asked about the criticism from his own his own staff members, he's like, well, they're not a payroll anymore they're not a part of my staff. How quickly he turns his back on those who supported him. You see, the Democratic Party thought they could expand their coalition, their base, by chasing after the far left. They actually brought democratic socialism into the Democratic Party. Now these DSA members are straight up saying, no, we won't support you. But guess what? In chasing the far left, they sacrificed the center to the Republicans and Donald Trump people who are moderate are looking at these far left policies saying you guys have lost it. I'm not voting for that. And the far left is saying you're not far left enough. I'm not going to vote for that. There's no coalition. They might as well not be the same party. In fact, we heard that from Ocasio-Cortez in the past when she said in any other country, her and Biden would not be in the same party. But now there's actually a possibility Ocasio-Cortez endorses Joe Biden, showing she's pulling away from the activist base, whatever that means, going more conventional. But now, following Bernie Sanders' remarks, several high-profile progressives are coming out criticizing him. This is it. They're not going to support Biden. Biden's likely going to lose. And we actually have some data to back that up. Now, of course, the New York Times would say in this article, hello, what's this? The Democrats aren't in disarray. Oh, they're not, you say. Well, allow this next 20 or so minutes to be a complete refutation of the claim made by the New York Times. And I will show you exactly how bad it is in the Democratic Party. Dare I say, as I've said many times, Donald Trump's going to win in November because what's the alternative? Joe Biden? Nah, sorry. You chased after these far leftists. You lost the center and now they're not going to support you. You've lost everyone except the weird anti-Trump people, I guess. Well, let's get started. Before we get into it, head over to timcast.com donate. If you'd like to support my work, there's several ways you can give the best thing you can do. Share this video. We may not break echo chambers, but perhaps there'll be some people who see this and there's some information they didn't consider. Or at the very least, maybe we'll have a healthy conversation about what we disagree on. But it's true that YouTube is suppressing content like mine and propping up the mainstream media. So if you do want to help out, sharing really does help. And if you want to make sure to get more videos like this from me, subscribe, hit the like button, and hit the notification bell. But let's get into the news. Bernie Sanders says opposing Biden is irresponsible. The AP reports Bernie Sanders said Tuesday that it would be irresponsible for his loyalists not to support Joe Biden, warning that progressives who, quote, sit on their hands in the months ahead would simply enable President Donald Trump's reelection. Unless there be any question, the 78-year-old Vermont senator confirmed that it's probably a very fair assumption that he would not run for president again. He added with a laugh, one can't predict the future. Sanders, who suspended his presidential bid last week, spoke at length about his decision to endorse Biden his political future and the urgent need to unify the Democratic Party during an interview with the Associated Press he railed against the Republican president but also offered pointed criticism at his own supporters who have so far resisted his vow to do whatever it takes to help Biden win the presidency he seemed to distance himself from his campaign's former national press secretary Brianna Joy Gray when asked about her recent statement on social media refusing to endorse Biden he said and this is the this is the most incredible response quote, she is my former press secretary, not on the payroll. What does that have to do with the people who believed in you, Bernie? You're not paying her anymore, so all of a sudden her opinion doesn't matter? Wow, excellent response. Sanders noted a spokesman later clarified that all campaign staffers were no longer on the payroll as of Tuesday, though they will get a severance check in May. Sanders said his supporters have a simple choice now that Biden has emerged as the presumptive nominee. Do we be as active as we can in electing Joe Biden and doing everything we can to move Joe and his campaign in a more progressive direction? Or do we choose to sit it out and allow the most dangerous president in modern American history to get reelected? He continued, I believe that it's irresponsible for anybody to say, well, I disagree with Joe Biden and I disagree with Joe Biden, and therefore I'm not going to be involved. Sanders said he would not actively campaign or spend money on advertising in the primary contests that are still on the calendar in coming months. But he still encouraged Democrats in those states to vote for him, hoping to amass as many delegates as possible to leverage to shape uh, for leverage to shape the party's platform and the direction of Biden's campaign. He also vowed to continue fighting for progressive priorities, such as his signature Medicare for all as a senator, even though Biden has refused to embrace the government backed single payer health care system. And it's not just about, well, well. We, we've also got Democrats straight up endorsing Donald Trump. So when Bernie Sanders says he's the most dangerous president ever, fine, I'll tell you what. Ask this Georgia state Democrat why he's backing Trump. Ask moderates in Trump districts why they voted for Trump and then voted for moderate Democrats in 2018. We'll see how these people vote in 2020 in, in the upcoming election, considering they didn't actually get anything done and have only campaigned on scandal after scandal. But other interesting points were made in a Fox News story. Sanders campaign reps revolt after Sanders endorses Biden openly attack former vice president. You are not going to win this way. Bernie Sanders coming after his own supporters is probably the biggest sellout move I have ever seen. Now, people are saying we knew he was going to endorse Biden. I get it. I get it. But perhaps he should have just said, you know what? Nah, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stand on my principles. Perhaps as a prerequisite or in a, in a desperate attempt to actually win the primary, he was trying to convince the mainstream, more default liberal types that he would be there for them as a part of this movement. And now he has to stand by and put his money where his mouth is, much to the anger of his own supporters. Fox News says Bernie Sanders endorsed, uh, endorsed Biden for president, but any illusions that the move would bring an end to the long simmering tensions between the Democratic Party's liberal and moderate wings quickly evaporated in a matter of minutes. But let me just stop you right there. There is a far left and a liberal wing of the party. They don't have moderates anymore. They lost them. They mentioned Brianna Joy Gray, who said, with the utmost respect for Bernie Sanders, who's an incredible human being and a genuine inspiration, I don't endorse Joe Biden. I supported Bernie Sanders because he backed ideas like Medicare for all, canceling all student debt and a wealth tax. Biden supports none of those. Additionally, Gray indicated she agreed that it was almost insulting for Biden to suggest lowering the Medicare eligibility age to 60 in lieu of adopting universal health care coverage. I also think that was Ocasio-Cortez or something, said something similar. Interesting, however, they go on to mention Sean King calling out Joe Biden. Check this out. Sean King tweeted, I can hardly believe what I am watching in reference to Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders live stream. In his conversation with Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden is clearly reading from a teleprompter. It's supposed to be a conversation. I have never seen this happen in my entire life. They go on to mention that uh, Elizabeth Warren, who is closer ideologically with Sanders, still, uh, this is an older story. Uh, Elizabeth Warren has, in fact, now endorsed uh, Bernie Sanders. So we are seeing the establishment rally around Joe Biden. But the Democrats wanted, they wanted democratic socialism. Check this out. This is the Wikipedia page for the Democratic Party. And as we can see, according to ideology, Factions include democratic socialism and left-wing populism, progressivism. They absolutely wanted these people to be a part of their party. They courted these votes. They propped up Bernie Sanders somewhat. They actually tried to stop him in many ways, but they tried using him. They tried bringing some of his policies into into their party in an attempt to win. But also Bernie Sanders did something similar. He's absolutely flip-flopped on immigration, and everyone's pointed it out. Bernie Sanders tried getting these same people as well, and maybe he shouldn't have done it. I'd like to show you this wonderful graphic that's been going around. What do we have here? Rebels for Bernie, Georgia Tech for Bernie, PSU for Bernie, Chicago for Bernie. You get the point. I can't tell you. There's a large number of accounts, even Christians for Bernie, St. Andrews for Bernie, and they all say the same thing. We are not endorsing Joe Biden. All of these activist leftist factions have come out on Twitter saying straight up, never going to happen. So what was the point of courting people who would never have supported you in the first place? As I've warned over and over again, they won't. You can talk about what Americans actually care about, kitchen table issues, and maybe you will win. But you know what? The Democrats are, are now going to reap what they have sown. These are the seeds they planted, the people they chase after, and now they're going to lose because you will never be enough for them. I've talked about it over and over again. They simultaneously claim that the word woman is offensive, so it's got to have a Y put in it. Then others say that's offensive. It's got to have an X put in it. Then they say that's offensive because all women are women. And therefore, look, there's no answer. There is no right way to be woke enough for these people. Now, of course, I know some of them just want Medicare for all. They want to abolish you know, college tuition or however you want to abolish college, uh, college debt. And they want the taxpayer to pay for college. You, you put those policies forward, these people will probably vote for you. But with Joe Biden not <laughs> endorsing that stuff, it's not going to happen. Now, let's take a look at some of these more higher profile progressives. Crystal Ball tweeted, I know the media will never understand this, uh, but this moment right now with Bernie trashing his own supporters is exactly why he lost. He was more committed to maintaining power for Democrats than claiming it for his own movement. Yes, Bernie Sanders has betrayed his own base on multiple occasions. My favorite moment—it's—and I can't believe people actually got behind him. But let let me clarify this: people don't support Bernie Sanders. Okay, many people did, but these—a lot of the people coming out now supported the ideas around Bernie Sanders, not the man himself. So Bernie coming out and saying, "Go vote for Joe." They're going to say, no, we want these ideas. They were never supporters of his. But there was this period where one of Bernie Sanders surrogates sent out an email accusing Joe Biden of uh, impropriety, to say the least. And many uh, Bernie Sanders supporters, I say that loosely, many of these progressives came out and said Bernie's campaign is right. Joe Biden is corrupt and all these other things. And then Bernie Sanders apologized and said it wasn't true and that Joe Biden was his friend. You'd think at that point, many of these Sanders supporters would have realized Bernie will sell you out at a moment's notice for the establishment. Bernie Sanders was only pretending to adopt a lot of these ideas anyway. The dude's very clearly anti-open borders, yet started embracing these weird open borders-like policies to court progressives. Even Bernie Sanders doesn't really believe in this stuff. And now, now I bring you to Kyle Kalinske. Now, now I want to clarify. I think Kyle Kalinske and Crystal Ball are, are good people. And for some reason over the past several videos, I've actually given several shout outs to Kyle Kalinske. And I think it mostly has to do with the fact that he's coming out slamming the establishment Democrats. And, and even to an extent, these Bernie people who want him to now get behind Biden, seeing that I think actually matters. Kyle Kalinske is one of the original people behind, I believe, Justice Democrats, which got people like AOC elected. For, now, for him to now come out tweeting against the Democratic establishment, I think matters a lot. Uh, Kyle Kalinske tweeted, as a left winger, who will not vote for Biden. I want you to know I'm 100% okay with you blaming me if Trump wins a second term. I mean it. Blame me. Then get to thinking real hard how you're going to get me to support your candidate the next time. Maybe even ask me. I'll tell you. He said we shouldn't be defensive about this. If they're blaming us for Trump, that's an admission that they need us to win. If they need us to win, then they need to make concessions. Own it. He says, even the best elected left wing leaders in the country are terrified of the media and the club hating them. Why? They should hate you. If you're actually going to succeed with any of your policy goals, they're guaranteed to hate you. Wear it as a badge of honor. FM. If you're a left wing politician and the media doesn't hate you, you're doing something wrong. He tweets again. In response to a tweet where uh, news quote, Bernie Sanders tells S. Peoples Tuesday, that it would be irresponsible for his loyalists not to support Joe Biden, warning that progressives who sit on their hands in the months uh, months ahead would simply enable Donald Trump. This is the story I read to you early on from the Associated Press. Kyle says what's irresponsible is giving away all of your leverage for absolutely nothing concrete. He could have handed a list to Joe of 10 executive orders and said all of these or I'll walk. But he didn't. He said, What's irresponsible was repeatedly telling reporters Biden could beat Trump as working people across the country put their last $20 and what little hope they had left in your campaign. And wow. He also says from not me, us to not us, him. And this is one of my favorite tweets from Kyle. He said, GOP voters, we want tax cuts and a wall. GOP politicians say we will fight for tax cuts and a wall. Democratic voters say, we want Medicare for all and a Green New Deal. Democratic politicians say, we will maybe lower Medicare eligibility to 60 and introduce means-tested green tax credits or something. Which brings me to the original story I highlighted from the New York Times. Hello, Democrats are not in disarray. I'm sorry, I think we've just seen they are. Now, you can argue these far leftists aren't really Democrats, and neither was Bernie Sanders. And That's a fair point to make, but I want to highlight why I showed that Wikipedia page The Democrats have tried to bring these people into the fold. They courted them on purpose. So yes, if you invite a bunch of fringe people into your party and then they revolt against you, your party is in disarray. But take a look at this excerpt from the story at The New York Times. Studies have shown that the number of Sanders supporters who defected to Mr. Trump in 2016 was not significantly higher than the typical crossover voters who defect to the other party in the general election. But enough of them in the most crucial states backed Mr. Trump or a third party candidate to swing the election away from Mrs. Clinton. And if this fall's election is anywhere near as competitive as 2016, when less than 80,000 voters across three Rust Belt states determine the presidency, Mr. Sanders' fast and full embrace of Mr. Biden could prove divisive. Let me tell you, as all these progressive progressives now come out and say they're not going to endorse Biden, it's, it's very, very possible. The Democrats knew they had no choice but to embrace the progressives. Otherwise, they would lose. They knew it was a long shot. They knew they would probably never support Joe Biden or whoever the nominee was, but they had to try. Why? There's a reason why Hillary Clinton lost and Donald Trump won. Vox.com said Donald Trump ran as a moderate, which is surprising considering how many people call him far right. But that's what Vox's Matthew Iglesias said. It's true. And I've talked about it before. Donald Trump came out and supported rather moderate proposals that Americans were interested in. The Democrats only option at that point was to then attack Donald Trump for being wrong. They couldn't agree with him. So when Trump comes out and says we need border security and the Democrats come out and say we need border security, then why vote for them? So in the end, the Democrats had no choice but to say, no, Trump is wrong. We don't need border security. Now I get it. Trump said, build the wall. And they said, the wall is bigoted. Even though many politicians voted for border fencing, Trump just used a more bombastic approach. Take a look at this story from Newsweek. Yang Sanders supporters least likely to support any other Democratic presidential nominee, according to a poll, this story from back in February. So we know it. We know the progressives will not get behind Joe Biden. I don't know why they're pretending he will. I don't know why people are even pretending Joe Biden can be the president. None of it seems to make sense unless the real goal of everybody is secretly to elect Donald Trump. These these people propping up Biden, it's like you could have picked Buttigieg. At least Buttigieg, I'd understand. The guy is young on the younger side and he can speak English properly and formulate complete sentences. Joe Biden can't. Who are you trying to convince this guy can win? I just don't understand it. Now, I get it. A lot of people might vote for Joe Biden just because they don't pay attention anyway. But there are a lot of people in the middle who want to know what you're offering. And what do we get from Joe Biden? He's talking with Bernie Sanders, reading a teleprompter, and it's so absurd that even Sean King is shocked by it. You'd think these people would be like, whatever you say, Joe Biden, we're gonna get behind you. But they are not. Bernie supporters will not will not be supporting Joe Biden. And it's, it's kind of funny because neither will Yang supporters. And I kind of fall in a similar area. I, I liked Yang. I supported him. I, I donated to his campaign. I'm not going to vote for Joe Biden. Are you nuts? The media knows. The Hill reports, progressive leaders skeptical of Biden, despite Sanders endorsement. We know what's going to happen. It was pointless for Barack Obama to endorse uh, Joe, Joe Biden. They're coming out now and saying, you know, that Obama with this endorsement, it's a big deal. No, it isn't. Obama endorsed Hillary. Hillary didn't win. Obama coming out at the last minute to give a kick in the butt to boost Ford, whoever was left over and whoever got the nomination, is a complete waste of our time. I'm not surprised Joe Biden is the nominee. He's the vice president from the previous Democratic administration. I'm surprised he didn't run back in 2016. But I guess Hillary Clinton wanted to run. But I'll tell you something else. The news around Bernie Sanders is not just about whether or not they're going to get behind Biden. It's about whether or not Bernie actually cared about any of these people in the first place. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say, I don't think so. I really don't. Business Insider reports that Obama convinced Bernie Sanders to drop out by arguing that he already succeeded in pushing Biden to the left. New report says, you know what, man? I can sympathize with with the people in the progressive left for being betrayed or for, for being smeared by the media. But come on, man, you deserve some of the blame here. You knew Bernie would not support you. You knew he would knife you in the back. Why would you stand behind this man? I don't get it. You see, I was a big fan of Bernie back in 2016. And then he started saying a bunch of dumb things on stage. And I quickly said, I don't care anymore. This dude's full of it. He's the same as everybody else. We have seen now on several occasions, Bernie Sanders betray his own supporters. Now you can argue, as some have, that his endorsement of Biden was not a betrayal because like I mentioned earlier, the resistance people knew he was going to do it and he said he was going to do it. But it's not just that. It's that Bernie's pretending to care about all these issues. And then in the end, Obama just snaps his fingers and Bernie goes, you got it. Like Kyle said, Bernie told everyone, we're going to win. Give us your last few dollars. And they did a lot of young people came out and said, I'm going to support you, Bernie. And then Bernie just walks away laughing. Some people have claimed Bernie takes the money and run. I don't, that's not fair. He, he, Bernie has issued refunds on campaign donations. But I feel bad for all of these poor people in massive debt who took a gamble on Bernie Sanders, hoping that he was going to save them. I'm sorry, you should have seen it coming. Many of us tried to warn you. No, he wasn't. He was going to bend the knee like he did to Hillary Clinton and the DNC as soon as they come and knocking. Bernie does not have your back. And that's and that's something all of you should have should have expected. I don't know what more you want. Now, we do have news that the least important endorsement, as I mentioned earlier, Elizabeth Warren endorsing Biden for president. But what may be one of the strangest things I've seen from Eric Wasson of Bloomberg News? He says AOC team is in talks with Biden about an endorsement. She is seeking different climate, immigration, Puerto Rico and healthcare plans from him. Okay, as far as it goes with progressives, at least AOC is actually negotiating with Biden over an endorsement. Many people have pointed out Bernie didn't even try to or Kyle Kalinske mentioned Bernie Sanders didn't even do that with Biden. He just came on and said, you got it. Go vote for Biden. I'm out. I'll enjoy all the money that came from my, my big campaign. I don't, it was mostly spent, so it's not like Bernie's going to get rich off of this. But there are some potential benefits to a high profile campaign. I mean, he made himself a millionaire in the last run. He, he, he runs. He gets his big coalition. He writes a book. He makes a million bucks. He immediately stops saying millionaires and billionaires and just starts saying millionaires. It has been painfully obvious what Bernie Sanders has been doing this whole time. And I, I get frustrated when I see people say things like, but Bernie is so consistent. Yeah, so consistently self-interested. I, I, I looked at his campaign, okay? Back in 2016, I, I, I saw what most of these people are saying now. He seems consistent. Then he changed his positions. The funniest thing to me about Bernie is how he used to say the millionaires and billionaires are, you know, influencing our elections. As soon as he became a millionaire, he stopped ragging on him. You know, if Bernie was a billionaire, he'd immediately stop complaining about all of it. And he'd be like, leave the billionaires alone. Millionaires have tremendous influence over, over our, our, our politics. So why would Bernie stop saying it? He made $1 million. He's barely a millionaire. Then you've got people who have 900 million and Bernie's not going to criticize them anymore. We all saw the word millionaire get dropped. There's not even that many billionaires and many of them are not even that engaged. A lot of them are for sure, but not necessarily like we don't necessarily hear about Elon Musk's efforts to manipulate politics or anything. He's building a spaceship. I'm sure he does make political contributions and it is influential, but to act like they're these nefarious demons controlling your life is is insane. The millionaires do play a big role. There are many, many more of them. Now that includes Bernie Sanders. So he's not going to call it out. He's going to endorse Joe Biden because he's in the club. It's a big club and you ain't in it. And perhaps you should, uh, we should realize this. It's a club for Joe Biden. We see uh, social media right now censoring information to protect Joe Biden. And I find it absolutely hilarious. The amount of support this man needs from the media trying to justify things he's saying when they make no sense, editing his clips to make them make sense. At least some rumors I've seen have, have, have asserted that and then social media censoring information that makes Joe Biden look bad. The dude is, it's basically like Weekend at Bidens. It is a zombie campaign propped up by the media and activists and people like Bernie. And this is a complete betrayal to everybody who got behind Bernie Sanders, but you should have seen it coming. Now here's what ultimately matters. The Democratic Party is in shambles. I don't think any amount of propping up Biden is going to save this guy when he can't talk. We're going to see him stand up in a debate with Donald Trump you, what do you think's going to happen? It, Joe Biden's going to be spinning in circles while Donald Trump laughs the whole time. As Joe Rogan said, it's going to be like Mike Tyson fighting a three-year-old, or as his guest said, it's going to be like a Comedy Central roast. I can't believe people are actually entertaining this. But you know what? Hubris would be the downfall of Trump. So look, I got to say, nobody thought Trump was going to win. They felt the exact same way. So I admit, if Joe Biden ends up winning, I'll just laugh. I will be shocked and I will laugh. But but don't forget. As much as we can rag on Biden for his inability and and the weird campaign lies they're they're pushing to try and make this guy viable, the guy might win. He's got the establishment behind him. I can't predict the future. I guess we'll see. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6pm youtube.com slash Timcast News. It is a different channel, and I will see you all then. The other day we heard that CNN host Chris Cuomo hated his job. He said that he didn't want to peddle in things he thought were ridiculous. He, he lamented the hyperpartisan nature of cable news. He said he didn't value these things and change must come. It was a brief bit of honesty. The dude was clearly upset. Well, now he's coming out and saying it never happened. It did happen. And even BuzzFeed News is calling him out. But let me tell you something. In what may be one of the bigger and crazier stories, which I'm surprised no one's talking about, CNN has been caught peddling fake news. This is the big story. Who cares if Chris Cuomo hates his job? Chris Cuomo just admitted he's not in isolation. And CNN has been running stories claiming he is. They have been caught peddling fake news. This is the most egregious example, or not, not the egregious, this is the most blatant example of CNN running primetime fake news. I have seen from them yet. Look, you want to come out and say, oh, that camera angle was faked or Anderson Cooper wasn't really standing in a flood. Whatever. You can argue that they frame shots. You can argue that they exaggerate points. I'm telling you that CNN at night is claiming Chris Cuomo is in isolation and he can't leave. Dr. Sanjay Gupta talking with Chris Cuomo just the other night. CNN has a segment. Can Cuomo leave isolation? He shares update on his symptoms. Do you know what Chris Cuomo was saying? in his radio show when he was ranting and why he was ranting, it would seem that the main reason the dude was upset is that someone on a bike approached him and started saying things to him and he got mad about it. He went off saying, what? I can't tell some some loser on a bike how I feel because I'm a celebrity. Well, well, hold on, Chris. What do you mean some loser on a bike? There was a guy on a bike you were talking to? I thought you were isolated. Okay, so maybe it was just, you know, he's at his home by himself and his family has gone away because, you know, he doesn't want to get his family sick. He's quarantined. That's what CNN's telling us. Dr. Sanjay Gupta says, you're going to have to wait. I know it's been two weeks, buddy. And he says, oh, gee, gosh, darn it. I guess I'm stuck at home. Well, guess what? The biker in the East Hamptons has come out now, given a statement saying he saw Chris Cuomo with a woman who appeared to be his wife and kids playing on a property that apparently doesn't have have anything built on it yet. And he said, isn't he supposed to be quarantined? And there it is. Now, I can't tell you exactly what happened. He said, he said, she said, but I'll tell you what I think happened. I think Chris Cuomo got caught. I think he wasn't supposed to be out with his family because he's supposed to be isolated. That's what CNN's been telling us. And he got caught. He was out on Easter Sunday. Oh, what's that? I thought all the people worshiping on Easter Sunday weren't supposed to be doing it with his family. And he's supposed to be under quarantine. Somebody saw him and said, hey, man, aren't you supposed to be quarantined? And Chris Cuomo got all angry and bent out of shape about it. The woman apparently, I'll read you the story. This is nuts. Look, man, this is as far as I can tell what's going on. Maybe there's something I missed. I don't know. I'll tell you this. Chris Cuomo got mad that this dude on the bike yelled at him. So then he went on his radio show and started complaining about what he's doing. Maybe, The real reason Chris Cuomo hated his job is because they're having him pretend to be quarantined. The other day, I said, I think it's because they want to be partisan. You know, he he said something on his show that he's never going to beat Hannity. He's never going to beat, you know, Rachel Maddow and that he doesn't value this. He finds it ridiculous. I said, maybe they're going to Chris and saying, come on, man, ruffle those feathers, say orange man bad. Maybe there's something else. Maybe they said, I, you know, I know you were sick and you're better now, but just stay home because the ratings are great. We love doing this. Chris at home. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to speculate too much. I'll just tell you this. Some dude, here's what it says. New York Post. I hate bullies. bicyclist verbally attacked by Chris Cuomo fires back. We now have confirmation. Chris Cuomo said the confrontation happened. This guy said I saw him with his family. What's our best conclusion? CNN is pumping out fake news by pretending that Chris Cuomo is in isolation. He is not busted. CNN, fake news. I'd love to hear a response. I'd love to see everyone start talking about this. Now, look, we have this story from BuzzFeed where he's actually trying to deny it ever happened. Maybe it's because now he's starting to realize, uh oh, he just he just pulled the curtain back and we all saw it's fake news. Well, BuzzFeed's coming for you. And if BuzzFeed's going to call you out for it, it must be bad. Here's what BuzzFeed says. After saying on his radio show that he doesn't like what he does professionally and doesn't think it's worth his time, CNN host Chris Cuomo walked back his comments after and, and denied having said he's unhappy at his job, even though we all know. On his serious XM show on Monday, Cuomo spoke candidly about his job and how the pandemic and him personally, personally getting coronavirus has shaped his outlook. I don't want to spend my time doing things that I don't think are valuable enough to me personally, Cuomo said in audio heard by the New York Post and CBS News. I don't value indulging irrationality, hyperpartisanship. I don't like what I do professionally. I don't think it's worth my time. He also spoke about his frustrations with living life as a public figure. Quote, I'm basically being perceived as successful in a system that I don't value. I'm seen as being good at being on TV and advocating for different positions, but I don't know if I value those things certainly not as much as I value being able to live my life on my own terms. On Tuesday, Cuomo walked back his comments on his radio show, denying he disparaged his job and the company he works for. In a clip that was released on Tuesday's show, Cuomo said he loves the position, blah, 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 said it never happened. We get it. He also lashed out at the media outlets who reported on his Monday comments saying they were taken out of context. He says, I have never been in a better position. Yeah, look, I get it, man. He got mad, he had an angry outburst, for sure. But let's get to the nitty gritty. First of all, the dude's clearly lying. We know he had an angry outburst. Everybody's reporting this. And the reason why it's significant is because we have already heard other CNN staffers complaining the network has become the anti-Trump network and they don't do news anymore. Now, here's the bicyclist speaking out, as far as I can tell, thus confirming that either Chris Cuomo went behind the back of CNN or at, in, in any case, CNN is consistently pumping out fake news. Cuomo is not in isolation. The New York Post reports, the Long Island resident blasted as a loser fat tire biker by Chris Cuomo in a radio rant, told the Post on Tuesday that the CNN host is nothing but a bully and has even filed a complaint with the police. So he here's the guy on his bike with his fat tires. Apparently, this here's what he said, quote, Sometimes he's scary stupid, the East Hampton man who asked only to be identified by his first name, David, said of Andrew Cuomo's little brother. Chris Cuomo launched into a tirade on his serious XM show Monday night about how he didn't like what he did for a living anymore and ranted about a confrontation he had with a biker, a bike rider outside his property Easter Sunday when the coronavirus infected TV star was hanging out with his family. David, who had been riding by, started hassling Chris Cuomo about social distancing. No, 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 New York Post. The story is that he was saying, hey, whoa, whoa, this guy, I saw him on TV. They said he was isolated. They're lying. Busted. That's why he got mad. And the CNN star later seethed on his radio show that one big downside to money and fame is that he couldn't tell the guy to go to hell. Quote, I don't want some Jack A loser, fat tire biker being able to pull up over and get in my space and talk BS to me. I don't want to hear it. Cuomo raged. I want to be able to tell you to go to hell to shut your mouth. I don't get that doing what I do for a living. Me being able to tell you to shut your mouth or I will do to you the way you guys do to each other. This dude's got anger management problems. I'll tell you what. For Remember, remember the Fredo thing? He went nuts. That's what he's really complaining about. David told the Post he was stunned that Cuomo verbally attacked him the way he did. The 65-year-old longtime resident said he was just out for a bike ride before Easter dinner. When he spotted who he thought was Chris Cuomo on property, he says the CNN anchor bought in East Hampton last year. The acreage is still being developed. A steel frame for its future house is all that's up at the moment, David said. You mean to tell me there's no house there? Cuomo broke isolation, went out with his family, went to a property he has in the Hamptons where there's no actual house and someone spotted him and Cuomo was like, I'm angry about this. How dare you call me out? What's CNN reporting then? What are they, what are they reporting? Fake, fake news. David said Cuomo was with his wife, another woman, and three kids who were playing around the property. The resident said he stopped and sat in his bike well over 100 feet from the property. I just looked and said, is that Chris Cuomo? Isn't he supposed to be quarantined? Cuomo had been regularly airing his TV and radio shows from his family home in Southampton, although from the basement as he stayed quarantined from them. The anchor said on air Tuesday that he still suffers from a low grade fever and feared that his wife is now showing signs of the virus. Maybe it's because you're breaking isolation. Maybe it's because you're going and hanging out with your family. They're going to get sick. David said the woman who looked like Cuomo's wife came over to him and said, may I help you? He said he replied, I'm riding my bike, then started asking why Cuomo was there out of quarantine and not social distancing from the group. He said Cuomo then started toward him coming to within about 40 feet, He said, who the hell are you? I can do what I want, David said. He just ranted screaming, I'll find out who you are. I said to him, your brother is the coronavirus czar, and you're not even following his rules, unnecessary travel. He just began to boil more. He said, this is not the end of this. You'll deal with this later. We will meet again. If that's not a threat, I don't know what is, David said. The man said he waited till Monday afternoon to call East Hampton cops to report the incident. I hate bullies, David said. At first, the resident said he got huge pushback from police about filing a report. But by Tuesday morning, after the Post and other outlets reported Cuomo's meltdown, including about his run-in with the bicyclist, the police had a whole different attitude, David said. The man said he asked the investigating officer, any chance you saw the report about Cuomo's radio rant? Yes, we have, the cop said. I think you'll like what we've written, the officer added, according to David, referring to the police report that was being prepared. David, who said he is a lifelong Democrat and voted for Andrew Cuomo for governor, added that he doesn't plan on pressing charges against Chris Cuomo unless I get any more feeling that this guy's a threat to me, adding that he just wanted to get something on the record. Let me show. So this was Monday, right? They claimed. This guy says it happened Easter. Easter was the 12th. What did CNN run on the 14th? Can Cuomo leave isolation? He shares update on his symptoms. And in it, he's, he's basically told, no, you can't leave isolation. Sanjay Gupta talking with Chris Cuomo says something like, you've got to wait a week or so until after your symptoms subside before you can come out. Cuomo says, look, I'm, I'm sweating. It's it, you, you know what, man, these people are just putting on reality TV. That's all they do. So maybe there's something I missed because I don't I'm not a regular viewer of this content. It's entirely possible I'm making a big mistake and, I, and I'll accept that. Perhaps Chris Cuomo frequently says I go out with my family during isolation. Perhaps they're saying he's only isolating from the city. I don't know. As far as I can tell, they've been claiming this dude's under quarantine. And that's why the guy on the bike called him out in the first place. When you do a Google search, you can see 10 hours ago. Can Cuomo leave isolation? He shares an update. This story was also picked up by a bunch of other outlets. Can Cuomo leave isolation? K, uh, KHQ 10 hours ago. So I have to wonder, what is it this man is really doing lying. CNN is doing primetime fake news. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's lying to CNN. Maybe CNN didn't know he was really doing this. Regardless, Chris Cuomo, as one of the highest profile personalities for CNN, is lying to all of us as far as I can tell. Maybe he's lying to CNN. Will CNN come out and say anything about this? Will CNN now air admission Chris Cuomo on his radio show confirmed the confrontation happened. How does that make sense? If, if, if we didn't have the statement from the guy on the bike and Chris Cuomo goes on his radio show and says, some guy on a bike rolled up to me. Why? You were outside of your house. You're supposed to be quarantined. You're supposed to be isolated. How could you have an interaction with this person? Now, that alone is probably not enough. OK, so we don't know much about the details. He could have been, you know, taking the trash out or he could have been sitting on his porch. Who knows? But now we know from this guy on the bike, it was an empty property with no, with no structure built other than a frame. He was there with multiple people. And now we know the full story. A police report has been filed. I really doubt this David guy lied to the cops because it's, the story is now being corroborated. We'll see how this plays out. Back over at BuzzFeed. Here's what they say. When Cuomo got mad, he said, why is there so much interest in what I said about my frustrations with my profession yesterday? He said, I've never been in a better position professionally than I am right now. But in a longer clip of Tuesday's show heard by The Hollywood Reporter, Cuomo denied ever making the comments to begin with. It's not true, he said. I never said it. I never meant it. Cuomo said that even before all this, he had recently signed a new long-term contract with CNN. I've never been more grateful. I've never been on a better team. I love where I am. I love the position that I've been given, and I love who I'm doing it with. Those are all matters of fact to me. Cuomo also elaborated on his frustrations of working in the media, which he said were exacerbated by his illness and the current political climate. I was talking about having legitimate questions, which I've had all along this administration, let alone with a fever and COVID for two weeks and being pissed off about being sick and rethinking a lot of things on an existential basis all the time, he said. It is frustrating to do this job in an environment where people are not interested and open, It is hard to practice journalism when people are so intent on believing what they want to believe for political advantage. It makes you question: Is it worth the effort? Can I make a difference? You are talking about you. You have a fever. You're not isolating. You're ignoring it. So, what are you telling people at CNN? What are you telling your bosses? And what are you telling the American people? Now, maybe we can put it this way: Does CNN, as an institution, know he's doing this breaking quarantine? They certainly do now. Certainly, they would stop doing these reports. They didn't stop. This report came out Monday. On Tuesday, they aired the can Chris leave isolation? No, he can't. So on Monday, when everyone heard what he said on the radio, on Tuesday morning, when this story broke, where he straight up admitted to having some kind of interaction. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. Maybe CNN produced a segment, did the interviewer pre record early and did not know. Well, t- I'll show you this. The New York Post story about the bicyclist. This is from yesterday at 534 PM. It is fair to say that maybe the producers over at CNN did not realize the full context of the story is out. And we now know for a fact, this dude is lying about isolating. Well, I should say, not that we know for a fact, but in all likelihood, it seems like we are able to confirm beyond a reasonable doubt because Cuomo himself has confirmed a bit of the story corroborating what we've been told. My question now is, will CNN apologize Will Brian Stelter or Oliver Darcy, the media reporters over at CNN, address this? I'm going to go ahead and say a big fat no. Will CNN stop airing these oh poor Chris Cuomo in isolation segments? I'm going to go ahead and bet no. Unless a bunch of people bring it up and a bunch of other journalists start reporting on the fact that Chris Cuomo just ran a fake news segment with Dr. Sanjay Gupta. The dude is not in isolation. CNN busted fake news. I'd like to see a statement. You think they're going to come out with one? I really doubt it. Yesterday, I, I, I talked a bit about what the networks become. I don't like to do all just like constantly rant about CNN. There's a bunch of other media outlets I like to point the finger at. One of the problems with CNN and their media reporters is they only ever complain about Fox News. Certainly, there's things to complain about with Fox News, but CNN is now crossing into uncharted territory. Now, let, let me be fair. MSNBC is substantially worse. Rachel Maddow peddled in overt and insane conspiracy theories. Chris Hayes had on a guy suggesting it was possible that Trump was an asset of the Russians since the 1980s. How insane do you have to be? What, are we, what is this, a spy thriller? And CNN can't keep up, and they know it. And this plays into a bit of what I was saying the other day. They, Chris Cuomo, in, in one of the stories I read, basically said he's never going to beat Hannity or Maddow. So they've got to figure out what's their angle. How do they get better ratings? then Fox News, then MSNBC. Well, for one, they can complain about Fox News all day and night. They don't do the same thing to MSNBC. Why is that? Why is it that someone over Fox News will say something conservative and they'll all come out and be like, look at this crazy opinion. And then Chris Hayes will have this lunatic on talking about trumping a Russian asset, or Rachel Maddow will come out with some fringe conspiracy and they ignore it. They know where they can draw the line and where they can't. Fox News is ideologically opposed. They're aligning themselves with the left. But they can't take the same route. They can't be bombastic like Kennedy. They can't be a conspiracy theorist like Rachel Maddow. But they can make things up. And that's what I think they're doing. So you look at the media reporters, they know they get play when they complain about Fox News. It works, even though what they say doesn't make any sense. That's why I do not think they'll address this. I do not think they'll apologize. They've become a reality TV network, and this is a hit show. Reality TV, man, Chris Cuomo at home. If Chris Cuomo is at home sick, have someone else fill in for him. When I'm sick, I don't call in, you know, or if, if someone who works at a donut shop, when they get sick, they don't call in and let people know that they're going to talk about how they're sick or what they're do I, I get it. It's a media company, not a donut shop. The point is when you're sick, someone comes in and fills in for you. But CNN knows reality TV sells, and this is their opportunity. So while they're talking about how Chris Cuomo is sweating, oh, he's wiping his brow, oh, I'm so sick and I have a fever, what he's really doing is taking a trip up to the Hamptons we would be with his family. And when someone calls him out, the dude gets up in his face or whatever. I mean that figuratively, not literally. Starts yelling at him. And then he admits it. We'll see how it plays out. I'm not going to be convinced. They're not going to say anything. They're going to ignore it. They're probably going to keep doing these segments. Fake news, CNN. I'll see you all in the next segment coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. It seems like every day this crisis is continuing, we are losing more and more of our rights. And many people are just bending over backwards to say, go ahead, government, do whatever you want. I see tons of progressives that have adopted a tribalist stance that you should not be defending your rights. No surprise, right? We've seen it with censorship on social media. All of a sudden, these people who are supposed to oppose corporations are now saying, but Facebook's a private company. Now, when people are saying we have a right to protest, they're saying, are you crazy? It's a pandemic. Yeah, it is a pandemic, right? Let me tell you something. Over in Raleigh, police declared protesting a non-essential activity and a woman got arrested. I wonder, were the civil rights movement protests non-essential? I'd say they were very essential. So yes, protesting is an essential function of our country and our civic, it's a civic duty to stand up for what we believe in. And yes, that includes protesting. It's quite literally in the First Amendment. It's the first for a reason. Within that, we have a right to the press and we have a right to worship, among other things. While this woman was being arrested, journalists were standing all around her. I'm sorry. What makes you think the right to assemble is not essential and the journalists are? You can't. How do you say they're both in the First Amendment? This is what we cannot, cannot allow. I'm going to read you the story. But the first thing I want to do is show you something Really shocking. This is a video from uh, posted by Minno. It says in a scene that is becoming the new normal in America, tens of thousands of struggling families lined up in cars and waited to get a food distrib- get a distribution of food this week. This is a video of the Los Angeles Regional Food Bank helping to feed the community. I want to stress, I'm not entirely sure who this individual is. It's just a video going viral on Twitter. Perhaps it's not real. I don't know. Seems like it's legit. We've seen similar videos. In it you can see one of the most insane. I mean, look, it says BFM TV, Los Angeles, California, and these people are lining up in, it's it's a massive line of cars to get food. And there's several reasons this is happening. This line is ridiculous. It's stretching down several blocks. This is nuts. And the reason this is happening is that people have lost access to the economy not necessarily because there's no food. For some people, it probably is. But many people, as long as everything's shut down and everything's locked down, have no way to get food. What do you think comes next? This is what is I've been warning. First, we see the government starts. They start arresting people who are outside. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you how this is connected and why I think it's happening. I don't think people are being arrested like this because they're concerned about social distancing. We've we've shut everything down. I think they're concerned that if too many people are bored and milling about, they'll start looting or rioting. Already in New York, we've seen it. Commercial burglaries are up 75%. Call it what you want. But if you lock the city down in an emergency and people start breaking into commercial buildings to take stuff, I call that looting. Let's read the story from The Blaze. They say, amid a rally that drew more than 100 protesters to downtown Raleigh, North Carolina on Tuesday, demanding the reopening of the state's economy, a tweet about the demonstration from the city's police department was clear. Protesting is a non-essential activity. The tweet came after cops earlier declared protesters are in violation of Democratic Governor Roy Cooper's stay at home executive order to stop the spread of the coronavirus and have been asked to leave. I am going to thoroughly disparage these police officers as complete scumbags, complete scumbags. No one should have the executive authority to just decree the Constitution is void. There are ways you can deal with protest. There are ways you can ask people to be safe. And ultimately, you do not have the right to stop Americans for, from standing up to their government, no matter what a doctor says. Now, let's be real. I, don't, I think at this point, it's still a little early. We should definitely be social distancing. And I would not personally be out protesting for anything, not even for this. But, but there's, a, there's a red line. And it has to do with how much time we spend and how much we deal with this. At a certain point, you can't just have everything collapse because you're scared of the virus. There are other factors involved. The economy is a health issue. I just showed you people who can't get food. So you got to pick now which one is worse. I can't tell you. But if the cops are going to go arrest people because these people are saying it's time to get back to work, these cops are in violation of the First Amendment. No one has the executive authority to just decree this. This is insane. Someone asked what part of the governor's order was violated. And they said protesting is a non-essential activity. Protesters said Cooper's order is an unconstitutional overreach that threatens to destroy small businesses. And the coronavirus isn't as deadly as officials are claiming. Testing is inaccurate and causes of death are suspicious. I don't care about any of that. I don't care if they think it's bad. I don't care if they think it's 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 really bad or if they think it's really, you know, not that much, not that bad at all. What matters is that if you want to deal with protests, it's not done this way. This is ineffective. You can't just snap your fingers and instruct people that the First Amendment no longer applies to them. But every day the Constitution gets just torn up by people in government. And it's no surprise to me that it's the conservatives out protesting saying we want to get back to work and they're being smeared as crazy. Now, I'll tell you what, like I said, you won't see me out doing that. I don't want to get sick. This stuff sounds pretty nasty. I've seen stories about people getting sick. Not fun. Not not something you want to get there. Well, I, th- I think you understand the severity of the coronavirus. Some people just don't believe it. I've got a story from the New York, to- New York Times. You can go over. They're increasing the number of dead in New York and people are claiming the numbers are wrong. I think, if anything, the numbers are are low. But here's the ethical conundrum. I've talked about how I actually lean a little bit left on on gun control issues, but there's nothing I can do about the Constitution. So I kind of just shrug and say, well, you know what? you get the good with the bad. You, you, know, you, don't, know, you don't always like any, everything. I'm not, very, I'm not anti-gun at all. I just think there are certain you know, things that probably could be implemented. Well, I, I don't know a whole lot. I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself an expert, but I've always been a little moderate, little to the left on these issues. But I'll tell you what, the Second Amendment exists. And I'm like, well, if you want to change it, you got to change it before you do anything else. Change the Constitution before you do this. The same is true for this. Oh, you got an emergency? All right, get all the states together, have a constitutional convention, change the First Amendment. How about that? Add in case of emergencies. See how that goes over. It would never fly. This shouldn't fly either. You can tell people not to do these things, but these lockdowns are unconstitutional. It creates a vulnerability for sure. Because you look at these authoritarian countries that can just lock people in their homes and they can control the flow of this. For us, we have freedom to consider. The, uh, the paper said at least one protest- protester was arrested for failing to disperse as her wrists were zip tied. She said, I have a right to peacefully assemble she told police. As officers led her away, the woman shouted, God bless America. Raleigh police said the state capitol police made the arrest. Here's the clip. They say, what happened? What else happened? Every 15 minutes, about 50 cars honked their horns in unison. The paper said, adding that as an officer asked several protesters to keep six feet apart, the noise drowned out his voice. We are in violation of Comrade Cooper's order, Leonard Harrison said, according to the paper. If I get locked up today, I'm okay with that. As North Carolinians, we need to get back to work. You should be ashamed of yourself, one protester told police. The paper said, While another protester asked them, are you goons of Cooper or servants of the people? Let me tell you, these police are going out and they're breaking the law, period. No one can just sign a paper and say, do this or else. These police are breaking the law. The law is the, I I get it. There's statutory law and there's the constitution. But as far as I can tell, you can't just sign a paper and say, here's your law. Now I get it. There's emergency declarations, and they probably got approval you know, to, to a certain degree to do these things. I don't care. We cannot tolerate this. And these cops should be ashamed of themselves. These are these are supposed to be the, you know, not, they're not supposed to be the big mindless drone cops you expect out of major cities who are just, you know, churning out quotas. But here we go. This is what we get. I want to remind you of something. I can't tell you what is or isn't the right thing to do in terms of the economy or health. I can tell you, that if people don't eat, people die. I can tell you that people being locked in their homes are starting to lose their minds. And we have to balance the amount of people who will lose their lives from lack of food versus the amount of people who can die from the illness. The illness seems to be more immediate. So I lean towards being okay with quarantine and locking down. And I think the advice is sound and we should listen to it. I also recognize that many other people are suffering and I can't see it. And the media certainly is is not talking about it enough. They're more concerned about health, health, health. It's why they say Dr. Fauci 50 million times. And when anyone else considers the fact that we need an economy to get food into cities, they say you're disregarding the health experts. It's not one problem. Everything is tied together. All of these people in cars stretching down several blocks are waiting to get food because they can't get it anywhere else. So you've got an issue with the health and what do you think happens when people can't get food? I'll tell you, people are, are going to, they're going to take the food. They're going to get out of their cars. They're going to walk up and just take it and say, I can't wait here for three hours. So we can open up the economy, risking infections and more people losing their lives, or we can keep it shut down and risk looting, mass vandalism. And yes, people losing their lives. It's been a couple weeks now, almost, what has it been like a month now since the lockdown started coming into effect? I don't know how long these people think we can actually pull this off. We just did a major multi-trillion dollar stimulus because people don't have money. And they're all talking about getting their Trump bucks and going and spending it. Yeah, that's not going to last. People have to pay rent. Some people aren't. People have to buy food. Some people can't. Now, the New York Times has uh, uh, just reported this. And a lot of people are acting like the crisis isn't legit. I'm going to show you this. They say the NYC death toll soars past 10,000 in revised virus count the city has added more than 3,700 additional people who were presumed to have died of the coronavirus but had never tested positive. Many people I see messaging me about this saying that they're inflating the numbers. I completely disagree. I think this is possibly the right move. The challenge is we don't know how to track everything perfectly. And we have been ignoring the fact that there is like what more than around 10 times as many people dying at home than the average. It stands to reason, okay, the simple solution. If we're in a pandemic and people are locked in their houses and these people are dying substantially more than normal, it stands to reason at least some of this is from the coronavirus. Does that mean we should label every single one? Probably not. You know why? What they're saying is that people are dying at home more than average, right? Well, you've also got everyone locked in their homes more than average. So don't be surprised if the normal amount of people who would die on the street or out at work or whatever are now in their homes and dying. But, but, but you need to consider this. The people who would die outside in New York City, I believe it was around 150 per day. We're now seeing about 250 per day dying in their homes. The people who are dying outside, would like there would be violent crime, which is relatively low, but there could be accidents, car accidents, things like that. Or someone could have a heart attack or a stroke outside. They wouldn't consider that an at-home death. Now that these people are quarantined, those at-home deaths, we can expect to go up. If we took every single out every single death in New York minus at home we have about 125 per day this is based on the 2017 average i looked at the numbers combine that with the at home deaths you get about 150 per day if we were to add that 125 we would only have 150 people per day in their homes dying so we end up seeing 225 to 250 which stands to reason a decent amount of these people are probably dying from the coronavirus all of them, probably not, but many of them, yes. Now, is the city going to be adding literally everyone who died in their home to coronavirus? They, probably not everyone, but probably more than they should. Regardless, I think the number is undercounted. I, so I, I can put it this way. I don't know what their, their criteria is to add these, but I don't think they're arbitrarily adding these deaths, though they're not testing for coronavirus. And we, we end up with a very serious predicament of, are we going to freak people out And keep the economy shut down when it could be that some of these people died for reasons having to do with not being able to get access to medicines or food. The New York Times says New York City, already a world epicenter of the coronavirus outbreak, sharply increased its death toll by more than 3,700 on Tuesday after officials said they were now including people who had never tested positive for the virus but were presumed to have died of it. The new figures released by the city's health department drove up the number of people killed in New York City to more than 10,000 and appeared to increase the overall U.S. death count by 17% to more than 26,000. The numbers brought into clear focus the staggering toll of the virus virus has taken. Let me stop you right there. I think it's fair to say the city's doing their best to track the total numbers. But I don't think it's fair to then come out and say this proves the virus has ravaged. Well, I think think we can be fair and say that the virus is, is causing this damage for the most part. But I think we need to point out that while the virus has caused the initial health concern, The economic shutdown in attempts to slow the virus is causing a massive amount of damage, and it could be potentially worse than the virus itself. Now, let me clarify that statement. What I'm saying is, the total damage will go beyond just loss of life. Loss of life is the number one priority. There's, I don't think there's amount of money you could put on someone's life. It's, it's. Look, I know there's a lot of uh, ethical and moral conundrums around the value of life. The point I'm trying to make is. We, we, we would be willing to take massive economic damage to save lives, you know, uh, within reason. But if the economy starts taking enough damage, it will extend beyond human lives and we'll start seeing a collapse of infrastructure, which will make it very difficult to get emergency supplies, to pay nurses and doctors, and then you end up losing more lives. They say we want to flatten the curve, right? The goal of flattening the curve is to make, make sure the healthcare system can maintain that we can, we can keep enough beds available for people and save lives. But it's not just about flattening the curve so the healthcare system can handle it. If you If you shut down the economy, then the entirety of the infrastructure also has a capacity. And if it reaches capacity, meaning we can't get food and medicine to hospitals, the hospitals collapse as well. It's a balancing act. It's hard to know exactly where that line is. But if protesters are upset because these governors are ignoring the real ramifications of the economy or they disagree— and think that the economy needs to reopen. Shutting down someone's civil liberties is not the answer. I assure you, it will make more protesters. Like I said, I've never wanted to protest more or needed to. I I, I would absolutely love to drive down there right now and be like, no way, dude, you can't do this. All you're going to do is anger more people. They say 3,000 more people died in New York between March 11th and April 13th than would have been expected during the same time period in an ordinary year. Dr. Oxiris Barba the commissioner of the city health department said in an interview. While these so-called excess deaths were not explicitly linked to the virus, they might not have happened had the outbreak not occurred, in part because it overwhelmed the normal healthcare system. Now, my question is, are they going to add these people to the coronavirus death count? That I don't believe would be fair if we're trying to figure out how many people died of the infection. If you want to talk about the total crisis death toll, then you got to include the suicides and you got to include the people who, who are starving or going hungry. This is yet another part of the impact of COVID, she said, adding that more study was needed. Similar analysis is commonly done after heat waves. What New Yorkers are interested in and what the country is interested in is that we have an accurate and complete count, she added. It's part of the healing process that, that we are going to have to go through. I believe that. I believe the doctor was female. Did I get it wrong? Xyris? Okay, the doctor added. I don't know if it's a male or female. The revised death toll renewed focus on shortcomings in testing. All right, let me stop you right there. I got some criticism for you. If they're seriously saying there's more people who have died, they could have died for other reasons. We're going to the, add it to the count. That's not, that's not fair. Keep that in consideration when people mention the death count that they are seemingly, it looks like they're adding people who are not explicitly linked to the virus. Excess deaths. Well, I don't, I don't know if they're going to actually add those excess deaths. They're not very clear. They want to say, uh, let me skip all this. People who have died of coronavirus in New York City, probable deaths. Here's, okay, so, so they're adding probable deaths. They were not included in the counts given. Okay, okay, here's the clarification. According, uh, for weeks, the health department also had been recording additional deaths tied to the virus, according to two people briefed in the matter. Those cases involved people who were presumed to have been invect- infected because of their symptoms and medical history. They were not included in the counts given publicly by Bill de Blasio because no tests had confirmed the victims had the disease. Mr. de Blasio decided after another round of briefings over the weekend to release the presumptive cases, the people said. Most of the added deaths took place in hospitals, according to the data. Others occurred in nursing homes or other long-term care facilities and in residences. In the heat of battle, our primary focus has been on saving lives. So again, they're not really making it clear whether or not these excess deaths are being added to this. And if that's the case, I kind of frown upon that because this doctor straight up says that these people are dying, not necessarily because of coronavirus, but because the hospital was overwhelmed. I think it's fair to add that to a crisis death total, but not to blame the virus on it. All that really matters is we make the distinction. You let people know that it looks like what New York's saying is that this is, these are deaths related to the crisis, not necessarily just those infected. So they say the new numbers in New York cover the weeks between March 11th, April 13th. All right. I think, I think we get it. We get that it's serious. I'm going to kind of wrap this up, but um, I think they need to be clear on what they're trying to claim about these deaths, because a lot of people have criticism over this, and this is only going to make things worse. It's going to result in more protests, and it's going to result in more, I don't know, dramatic escalation. I'm I'm surprised to see certain personalities, certain YouTubers and other progressives taking a hard pro-government stance. It's really strange to me. While I agree with the guidelines we see from the doctors to protect our health, I disagree with the authoritarian overreach, why would you come out and mock these protesters or insult them for exercising their First Amendment rights? That's insane. I'll leave it there. Stick around. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. I'm sorry, at 4 p.m. YouTube.com slash Timcast. It is a different channel, and I will see you all then. Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, CNN actually published Chinese propaganda, and as far as I can tell, only changed it because they got caught, essentially praising the Chinese Navy and saying that the U.S. has done a bad job It came basically out of a Chinese press release. So here's what I think happened. Do I think CNN is actively being like, whatever the Chinese government says, let's just report it. No, I think they got a press release and like lazy, well, like lazy, unethical journalists just reprint the press release. That's a huge portion of journalism. Many of you probably don't know this, but PR firms will send out a press release. Some journalist, I'm doing air quotes, will get it, rewrite some of the key words, and then just publish it. And that's much of how the news works. Hmm. You can always trust uh, a good publicist to make sure you get press attention. Let's read the story from the Washington Examiner. CNN publishes Chinese propaganda praising China, degrading the US Navy. Excellent job, CNN. CNN this week published a report copying almost word for word a Chinese Communist Party press release, praising the People's Liberation Army Navy's, uh, Navy's effort to contain the coronavirus and degrading the U.S. Navy's failures to do likewise. You know what's so funny about this? The other night, we were talking about on the TimCast IRL podcast how China sent a strike group near China. Now there, CNN praised the Chinese Navy for doing this, really. Meanwhile, the U.S. was doing what's called an elephant walk, a display of force like B-52 bombers or whatever, because the aircraft carrier, the Roosevelt, actually had to evacuate like 80% of its personnel. Let's read more almost as bad as CNN's promotion of Chinese propaganda, is the network's defense of its decision to run state-sponsored agitprop. The story was, quote, single, uh, was a, a, quote, single update from our international site's 24-7 live story, a CNN spokesman told The Daily Caller. He added, the story explicitly states the sourcing as a PLA story and identifies the Global Times as a state-run tabloid that that transparency is key as a global news source serving a global audience. His explanation, however, contrasts sharply with the fact that CNN has made significant edits to the article following online criticism, almost as if someone realized just how bad it looks for a supposedly serious and free news organization to publish Chinese communist press releases almost verbatim. Again, I think it's pure laziness, but we got a serious problem. If China can just pump out a press release and CNN's like, run with it. Yet, yeah, no, we don't need that here. We need news. But, you know, CNN's not a news organization anymore. So for starters, the headline to the CNN report originally read, China's PLA Navy is controlling uh, coronavirus and aircraft carriers deployment proves it, report says. The opening paragraph also read, quote, a Chinese naval flotilla headed into the Pacific over the weekend evidence that the People's Liberation Army Navy has done a better job controlling coronavirus, done a much better job controlling the coronavirus than the U.S. Navy, according to a story posted on the PLA's English language website. The original version of the CNN report continued. The report said that the Chinese carrier was carrying out its operation while four U.S. Navy air carriers, the USS Theodore Roosevelt, the USS Ronald Reagan, The USS Carl Vinson and the USS Nimitz have reported cases of coronavirus crimping their operations. The Roosevelt now docked in Guam has been hit the hardest by the virus with 585 cases among its crew of more than 4000 people. Almost all of them have been have been moved ashore on the island and work is going on to disinfect the ship, delaying its ability to deploy. This was a smack in the face to the U.S. Navy. The U.S. did the elephant walk, but this was CNN running with Chinese propaganda. I mean, I get it. You know that. But this is, this is hilarious. CNN was actually parroting their attempt to degrade our armed forces, which is a sign of our vulnerability. This is the, this is the big uh, problem right now. The reason why they removed the guy from the aircraft carriers, best I understand, was that he revealed the weakness of the US Navy right now, at least one of these carriers. You, we could get attacked. I mean, I don't, I don't think we're going to be attacked, but they're basically laughing in our face and CNN's party to the laughing. Shamefully, the CNN story then uncritically quotes Chinese military experts who say, Through the voyage, the Liaoning showed that the Chinese People's Liberation Army has done a great job in the epidemic prevention and control work, and COVID-19 epidemic has not had an impact on its deployment and operations, the story says. You know what, China? You got what, like one aircraft carrier or two or whatever? I don't care if your one is doing fine. We've got like 20 or something like that. We have like 11 big carriers and then like some smaller ones. He says, uh, uh, the story cites Zhu Guangyu, a senior advisor to the China Arms Control and Disarmament Association. It showed the PLA can dispatch troops stationed anywhere at any time. With the troops always maintaining vigorous combat capabilities, the Chinese people can always count on them, Zhu is quoted as saying. The uh, the examiner says, just so we're all on the same page, CNN reported this week that according to Chinese officials, the Chinese military has done a better job in the US Navy of controlling the viral pandemic that the Chinese government tried to cover up. Everything about this People Liberations Army story screams that it is government propaganda, yet it ended up on CNN's website anyway. How? The story bylined to an international homepage editor based at CNN's Hong Kong Bureau comes from a press release posted originally on a website meant to serve as a repository for Chinese propaganda. It is not the sort of place where an international homepage editor for a free press would normally trawl for genuine news items unless the point was to contrast. The author then made the judgment call that the press release was worthy of serious attention and news coverage, a decision that presumably required the backing of an editor. The author then wrote the entire story based on a PLA press release, stating that the PLA believes they're, they're doing a great job. The story was then presumably edited, double checked by CNN web producers and then published online. Considering the number of CNN employees who were likely involved in bringing the story to life, it is remarkable that no one flagged it for propaganda or even questioned where the news value lies in a story that basically states that China says China is doing a good job. I love it. I love it, CNN. Let me show you this. Uh, I, I don't want to do a full segment on this next story, but I got to highlight this. Trump slams Brian Caram. He's uh, with Playboy magazine and a CNN political analyst. I don't know exactly where he is now cause I think Playboy is, is shuddering or something. Maybe just the, the physical paper. I don't know. I'm going to leave. Trump calls Brian Caram a showboat, threatens to walk out of coronavirus briefing. Why doesn't Trump just do that? When you get these CNN people standing up and hooting and hollering and yelling nonsense, just start walking away. And then, And then once they're done talking, you come back. It's that simple. Trump could just do it. It'd be funny if he did. Examiner says a spokesman for CNN has not responded to the Washington Examiner's request for comment. As mentioned in the above, the CNN story has undergone significant changes including to its headline which now reads Chinese state media claims country's navy not affected by coronavirus. The opening paragraph paragraphs have also been heavily amended. That is not as egregious as the original version, the new update. But the updated version still quotes Chinese military experts who say China has done a superb job of controlling the virus. The fact that there is not even a single solitary reported case of the coronavirus in China's military says only one thing. China is clearly lying about the severity of the coronavirus pandemic within its borders. Amazingly, ostensibly serious and free news outlets are treating these lies as if there is some debate. No, 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 no. You know what? I get the point they're gonna make. He says there is no reason to trust China's government on a good day. There is even less reason to trust it on a subject where it tried to fool the world. CNN ran Chinese state run Chinese state propaganda, communist propaganda. Yet everything Trump says is wrong. I'll tell you what, man, I'm not a big fan of trusting the government, but I'll tell you who I trust substantially less. An adversarial government doesn't even need to be China. But think about what this means. As CNN runs the incessant orange man bad narrative saying everything Trump does is wrong. They then turn around and say, oh, and this, well, the Chinese government says it. So it's true. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. CNN publishes propaganda for adversarial governments while calling our government liars. I have never been a big fan of the federal government, their authority and their foreign policy. But I'll tell you what, man, as an American, I know I know a few things the US government is constrained by the constitution, although it's being eroded, that I as a citizen have certain rights, that although I don't have to trust everything they say, they're not always lying. And there's varying degrees to which they would or would not lie. But I'll tell you another thing. The Chinese government will always lie to us. They do not care about us. We are competing with them. So right now, what do we know? Well, according to Wired magazine, We it is likely that China was feeding disinformation to the World Health Organization, who then fed that to us, maybe intentionally, maybe unknowingly, but they did. China lied. There's a new report coming out saying that they withheld information for six crucial days and CNN would choose to run their propaganda as fact. And only after being called out do they make changes to the story and they try and defend themselves. Hastily stealth editing. This is what we've seen. It is absolutely disgusting what these companies do. They will make changes to an article and not tell you. You know, on Facebook, if you edit a post, there's an edit history. You know, on Reddit, if you if you if you edit a comment, there's a, it tells you it's been edited. Yet on these big major platforms like CNN, the New York Times, they frequently do this. It's called stealth editing. They will change the story and not tell you. They won't tell you it's been corrected or amended. So so the the media in this country deserves it. Earlier we had a guy from CNN tweet something like, Trump is attacking the free press. Ooh, CNN. CNN's got Andrew, uh, I'm sorry, Chris Cuomo going on TV at night being like, I'm in isolation with the sweats. And then some dude sees him out with his family or or with a group of people, and he's not, he's, he's out and about. Files a police report about it. Chris Cuomo confirms it. CNN is making up fake news. That is a fact. YouTube, stop propping these people up. They are lying. Maybe if enough people say it, YouTube would actually take it seriously that CNN is lying. Whatever, man. I got a couple more segments coming up for you in a few minutes. I'll see you all shortly. Operation Gridlock as drivers swarm the Michigan Capitol protesting the coronavirus lockdown measures. They're not just coming out in, like, by themselves, standing next to each other. Some people are, but many people are in their cars, self isolating, but protesting, saying it's time to reopen the economy. Now, we're seeing a lot of progressives for some reason, coming after protesters and making fun of them and belittling them. And I find it kind of funny. Now, there's a fair point to be made that we're not just talking about your rights, but also your responsibilities. If you could potentially spread an infectious disease which could kill somebody, then you have a responsibility not to cause harm to another person. It becomes increasingly difficult when you can't see the enemy and you have to just trust the government the problem exists. So now we're seeing these protests, one of which is an attempt to to create a massive traffic jam. Another thing I want to point out in this is that a lot of people were convinced that you couldn't buy seeds in Michigan. I believe that was an an exaggeration, and I've got a story for you. But first, let's see what's going on with these protests, why they're doing it. Drivers swore Michigan Capitol to protest coronavirus lockdown measures. Hundreds of cars, trucks, and SUVs descended on Michigan State Capitol Wednesday afternoon as part of a noisy protest against Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer's social distancing restrictions that critics say have gone too far dubbed Operation Gridlock, and organized by the Michigan Conservative Coalition. The protest did just that, creating bumper-to-bumper traffic throughout downtown Lansing as demonstrators blasted their horns, waved American flags, and hoisted placards deriding Whitmer's orders and demanding that she reopen the state's economy. The lockdown measures are meant to curb the spread of the coronavirus outbreak, but Whitmer has gone further than some other governors, and the backlash in Michigan is among the most heated in the country. You see, this is what I talk about with the Chinese finger trap problem. You want people to lock down. You don't come out and bash them over the head and say, you can't do this. You say, please don't do this. And then when some people do too much, you just ask them politely to stop. Like a, a, a better example would be: don't ban people from going to beaches. Just tell them the beaches will be closed. Please don't go. You know, if you go, go in a small group. And if two people too many people show up, Then you show up and say, hey, everybody, I'm sorry to do this, but there's too many people here. We're gonna have to ask you to leave. It's that simple. Instead, what do they do? Michigan went hard against everybody, basically, and had some of the strictest measures resulting in protests. Now, these people are getting mad about the protests. I don't understand. When the government comes down too hard, you protest. It's what we do. Yes, people are risking their safety and other people's safety, but you want to have a conversation about protests and your right to do so. I'd argue that if we lost the right to protest, things would get even more dangerous because the government would do who knows what. The government is not something you should necessarily trust. And we've had to fight for our rights. It's the history of humanity. They say, quote, let's start with the fact that some countries have no or very few COVID cases and yet are totally shut down. Some counties, sorry. Roseanne Pankowski, president of the Michigan Conservative Coalition, said in a statement, when did a one-size solution solve everyone's local issues? Governor Whitmer will you put, uh, we'll put you out of business before allowing mere citizens to be responsible for their own behavior. This is madness. Whitmer announced over the weekend an expansion to her state stay-at-home orders, which, among other things, prohibits residents from visiting family or friends with exceptions for providing care, bans public and private gatherings regardless of size or family ties, and places restrictions on what types of businesses may operate and in what capacity. Michigan Michigan has the fourth largest number of confirmed cases in the US, with more than 27,000 being reported as of Wednesday. The orders, which are in place until at least May 1st, quickly drew criticism from conservative Republicans in the state, who argue the governor is turning Michigan into a nanny state and impeding their civil liberties. Quarantine is when you restrict movement of sick people. Tyranny is when you restrict the movement of healthy people, Michonne Maddock, an organizer of Operation Gridlock with the Michigan Conservative Coalition, told Fox News. Every person has learned a harsh lesson about social distancing. We don't need a nanny state to tell people how to be careful. Whitmer, who had to issue clarifications to her orders, most notably when someone tweeted a picture from Walmart saying that children's car seats were non-essential items, has so far remained steady in her resolve that Michigan needs to stick to strict stay-at-home orders, measures, in order to tackle the virus. She has also recognized, however, that residents have a right to protest under the Constitution, but ask demonstrators to do so safely. I can respect that. But I, I look, when you come out and tell people we're locking everything down to an extreme degree that you can't even go out with your own family members. Don't be surprised when they protest you. And you have just made things worse. The police apparently arrested one person. They, they violate social distancing to remove one person. Let them protest. If they get sick, it's their choice. It's their responsibility. Responsibility. They have chosen liberty and potentially death. Do I think they're all going to die from corona? No. They may spread to others, which is a problem. But these people made a choice you can back away, and it may make things worse, but we have to balance freedom and security. Because there was one banner that said, security with no freedom is prison. Quote, everyone has a right to protest and speak up. We recognize that some people are angry and frustrated, and that's okay. Whitmer's office said in a statement uh, Wednesday, the governor w- will, uh, will always defend everyone's right to free speech. We just ask those who choose to protest these orders to do so in a manner that doesn't put their health or the health of our first responders at risk. The organizers of Operation Gridlock have asked anyone participating in Wednesday's protest to display signs, make noise and be disruptive, but stay in your vehicle so that the Whitmer police cannot say you are ignoring the social distancing order. They They have also asked people not to carpool because gas is cheap and warned them not to drink too much liquids because they will not be able to access any public restrooms. We can get this rally done and stay within social distancing guidelines, Marion Sheridan, co-founder of the Michigan Conservative Coalition, said in a statement. Citizens are frankly tired of being treated like babies. As adults, we now know what needs to be done to stay safe. We also believe the liberal attack on the economy is becoming a serious threat right now. Join us in Lansing. We need to stop the madness. And Whitmer needs to pl- needs a plan to reopen Michigan's economy before it's too late. There have already been, I think, hundreds of uh, hundreds of thousands of people in Michigan who have called for Whitmer to be recalled over this. Operation Gridlock is just one of a number of demonstrations of uh, demonstrations of civil disobedience across the country by Americans upset with their state's stay at home orders amid the pandemic. While the contagion has sickened more than 610,000 people in the US and killed over 26,000 people, protesters from North Carolina to Wyoming said they've been they've been just as concerned with the economic and financial impact from shutdowns Echoing President Trump's complaint that the cure could be worse than the virus. Alex Berenson, a former New York Times reporter who has been sounding the alarm about what he believes are flawed models dictating the aggressive strategy, drew attention to the protest in North Carolina, as well as uh, a social media uproar in Michigan. As someone wrote me, people in Michigan know when you lose jobs, they don't come back, he tweeted. As for unemployment, some 16.8 million Americans have lost their jobs in the last three weeks, meaning one in 10 working Americans was out of a job. The figures collectively constituted the largest and fastest string of job losses in records dating to 1948. By contrast, during the Great Recession, it took 44 weeks, roughly 10 months for unemployment claims to go as high as they have in less than a month. Last Thursday, dozens of protesters carrying placards and wearing Guy Fawkes masks ignored Ohio's social distancing guidelines to demonstrate on the steps of the state's Capitol building in Columbus against Governor Mike DeWine, a Republican, and his administration's handling of the outbreak. Demonstrators held signs reading, Open Ohio, quarantine worse than virus, and social distancing or social conditioning. We do not consent. I want to point out one very important thing. We have this fact check from USA Today. They say that Governor Gretchen Whitmer did not ban the sale of American flags and plants. One of the things we saw was that people were claiming seeds were not available for purchase. I may have incorrectly uh, stated as such. If I do, I apologize. So we have this fact check and many other people have pointed out you can buy these things. Now, the, the, the executive order did shut down certain portions of stores that were too large. But apparently, it, here's what they say. The order notes large stores must close off areas of stores meant for carpeting, flooring, furniture, gardening, and paint. The limits only apply to in-person sales and do not apply to stores with less than 50,000 square feet. Large stores are further required to implement measures that promote social distancing. The, the, the clarification here is not that they ban the sale of seeds, but that certain stores, the more common ones, had to close off certain sections, meaning in many places you were probably not able to buy seeds, and in some places you probably were. It wasn't a specific ban on seeds. That doesn't excuse what these people are doing. We saw Trump mention they may do a hard quarantine of three states, New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut. He later changed his, you know, he, he, well, he, he asserted his position later on because they didn't have a definitive one saying we're not going to do it. We're going to issue strong guidelines. That was the right move. 100%. It's the responsibility on us. Not everybody's going to abide by it. But I'll tell you what, when they came out and said, don't buy masks, what did people do? They went out and bought like every single mask. That was not the right thing to do. They should have said nothing, to be honest. They wanted to make sure that the healthcare workers got masks first. But if the government comes out and says you can't do it, guess what? People are gonna complain. It's human nature. We know it. It's a thing called reverse psychology. The best thing that she could have done is said, Don't, you know, don't go out because you'll cause loss of life. They could have implemented strict rules pertaining to these things. One of the smartest things governments can do when they're trying to restrict behavior is not ban it outright, but place certain restrictions on it. Let the stores open up, but say there can only be a certain amount of people per section. How about that? Then people wouldn't say you can't buy seeds. They'd say, they'd say nothing because you'd go to the store and there'd be no one buying seeds anyway. And if you wanted to, they could just have an employee grab the objects for you. That's another simple thing. She could have said, not that they're closing these things off, but that, but the, a staff member for certain size stores will have to go and acquire the items upon request. There's other things they could have done. Instead, these authoritarian types issue blanket sweeping rules because they think they're smart enough to control the whole system, and they're not. And this is what leads to protest. Well, the protesters have stayed in their cars. That's smart. What else can you say? As this drags on, and it might get worse, we're going to see more of this. And if they keep pushing these authoritarian rules, there will be a breakdown, and that's the last thing we need. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. Trump derangement syndrome is officially a thing. And it's kind of been for a long time. I didn't know this, but there's actually a Wikipedia entry for Trump derangement syndrome explaining what it is. And it's actually kind of spot on. But I have a story for you today about Trump when Trump derangement syndrome gets real or when Trump derangement syndrome goes wrong. This story is actually really sad. Moment. Florida doctor couple steal neighbor's Trump flag with their two children in tow as their son begs them, don't do it. You're gonna go to jail. How is it that their young son was smarter than they were? Something has infected the brains of these people. They've lost their minds. Look, I get it. You hate Trump. That's fine. You're allowed to, but don't steal people's property. What are you thinking? And your kids telling you don't, you're gonna go to jail. Guess what they did? They got arrested. Now, what are these kids going to get put in in government foster care or something? You reap what you have sown. And maybe I don't don't know what exactly happened with the kids. I'd be bummed to hear the kids are being taken away. But when both parents go to jail, what do they do? Leave these kids to fend for themselves? No, the state's going to come in. And you know what? These people deserve it because they're unhinged. What are they teaching their kids? I'll tell you what. Somehow they managed to raise a kid who understood what they were doing was wrong, but they themselves couldn't see it. Absolutely disgusting. Deputies in Florida have arrested a couple of doctors after they were caught on a doorbell camera stealing a campaign flag supporting President Donald Trump from their neighbor's property in front of their two children. Jeffrey Michael Fraisch, 41, and Lauren Ann Webb 38, allegedly took the flag on April 7th in Gulf Breeze. A Santa Rosa County Sheriff's report said they used a ladder to pull it down. Both Fraisch and Webb Webb Frasch are gynecologists working in different Pensacola hospitals. Kind of weird. Here's a photo of them. These people have severe, severe Trump derangement syndrome. It's so bad. They went to jail over this. Look, you can display whatever flag you want in your property. And if you display a flag I don't like, I just won't associate with you. We have this photo. It says a ring camera caught the pair removing the flag with their two young children in tow. not only did they steal the flag, they brought their kids with them. All right, man. I am no fan of the state taking people's kids away, but something's got to happen where these kids get protected from their deranged parents. Webb Webfresh is seen in the screenshot from the ring video grabbing a ladder. They brought a ladder over. Wow. Husband holds their diaper clad child in his arms. The pair's older son repeatedly begs his parents to abandon their plan, warning them that they were going. They're going to end up in jail, not heeding his son's warnings. Frech is seen climbing the ladder to reach the banner. The doctor removes the Trump 2020 keep America great flag and hands it to his wife. They were charged with criminal mischief, trespassing, larceny, and contributing to the delinquency of a minor and released from the county jail, reported WKRG. The district's Republican rep, Matt Gates, who is a loyal Trump supporter, tweeted on Tuesday that their actions show despicable parenting. I completely agree, Matt, 100% he included a version of the ring camera video with captions added that the couple's older child asked them to stop. That is so disgusting. You got your kid begging you, and this is what you do? As Frech sets down his younger child wearing a diaper on the ground and goes to grab the ladder, his son begs him, no, don't do it. You're going to go to jail. When Fraysh's wife lands him a, uh, a hand setting up the ladder, their son continues pleading with him, stop it. I don't want you two going to jail. Webfresh tells the boy not to worry, but he continues begging them to abandon their plan. It's almost like these people have been infected with some kind of zombie virus, and they can't think properly anymore. How is it? You have a little kid. It's like it's, he's begging them, but they've been taken over by like brain worms or something, and they don't they don't think. How is their kid smarter than they are? And more emotionally developed, I would I would say. Matt Gates tweeted. Shocking video. Physician parents possessed with real Donald Trump hatred so much that they steal a senior citizen's Trump flag with kids in tow. A little boy is, is begging them to stop. Apparently, two medical degrees lack the decency and common sense of a child. Despicable parenting. Man, the father ignores the boys', the boys pleas and ascends the rungs barefoot to tear down the blue Trump uh, uh, 2020 CAG banner. Within seconds, he removes the flag, prompting his overjoyed wife to exclaim, yes, baby, yes. Yikes, man. The family of four then reportedly got in a golf cart and took off. Apparently, two... De- it's, yeah, okay, we, 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 we read Matt Gates' statement. The victim of the stunt told deputies that Frasch caused $500 worth of damage to his flagpole, and the banner itself cost $200. Frasch is a gynecologist at Sacred Heart, while his wife is a gynecologist at West Florida Hospital. This is so incredibly weird. It's also weird. They're both gynecologists working at different hospitals. I don't know it's a very specific practice, but I guess whatever. Fine. They're doctors. Trump derangement syndrome is real, folks. Now, it's not a medical diagnosis. They actually refer to it as Trump anxiety disorder. I think anxiety is different from derangement syndrome, though. And perhaps we need we, we need an actual medical diagnosis of derangement syndrome. What they say about Trump, Trump anxiety disorder is that people feel distress not that they're hallucinating and insane and stealing property and then getting arrested for it with their kids with them. But they're different things. So as some people have liked to point out, Trump derangement syndrome is a bad faith statement, blah, blah, blah. It's real, man. It is real. We've seen all the videos. Remember that guy who went into like, it was like, it was like an El Pollo Loco or something. And these kids, one kid had a MAGA hat on, the dude grabs it and splashes him with a drink. Are you insane? Kid didn't do anything. But that's exactly what you get with Trump derangement syndrome. There's actually a really good explanation of it. I I went over to Wikipedia and sure enough, there is a section called TDS, Trump derangement syndrome. What they say, Trump derangement syndrome is a term for criticism or negative reactions to United States President Donald Trump that are perceived to be irrational and have little regard towards Trump's actual policy positions or actions undertaken by his administration. The term has been used by Trump supporters to discredit criticisms of his actions as a way of reframing the discussion by suggesting that his opponents are incapable of accurately perceiving the world. I appreciate that breakdown. That last sentence is the truth, but it ignores the other use. While it is true that Trump supporters will use it to discredit criticisms, What we just saw with this couple of doctors stealing a flag is Trump derangement syndrome. What they're doing is in no way a criticism of the president. They are doing nothing to say the president is bad. They are simply stealing a flag from an old person and their kids begging them not to do it. And they go to jail for it. That's Trump derangement syndrome. Certainly some people have openly criticized the president and been accused of TDS. Sometimes it is. Trump derangement syndrome. And sometimes it is people just trying to say, I don't, I don't, I reject your criticism. But I will tell you the honest take on TDS is more so when someone randomly attacks a teenager, when someone inherently just believes that Trump is doing things he's not doing. When an MSNBC personality says that Trump is talking about exterminating Latinos, that is not real criticism. That is fake. That is a delusion. These people are hallucinating things. They've lost their minds. But there's no better example than the physical assault of Trump supporters and, and theft and property damage. Because that is it's not a statement from the president. Trump didn't enact a policy saying fly my flag. They're not criticizing the flag. They're just stealing it because they don't like Trump. And that is the root of TDS. Something has happened to these people. They are possessed by such hatred. They don't know why they typically can't articulate it. And then they do irrational things, putting their children at risk. Now, this is funny, the origin of the term. It was placed to political columnist and commentator Charles Krauthammer, a psychiatrist who originally coined the phrase Bush derangement syndrome in 2003 during the presidency of Bush, W. Bush. The syndrome was defined by Krauthammer as the acute onset of paranoia in otherwise normal people in reaction to the policies the presidency nay, the very existence of George W. Bush. The first use of the term Trump derangement syndrome may have been by Esther Goldberg in an August 2015 op-ed in the American Spectator. She applied the term to ruling class Republicans who are dismissive or contemptuous of Trump. Krauthammer, in an op-ed harshly criticizing Trump, commented that in addition to general hysteria about Trump, the Trump derangement syndrome was the inability to distinguish between legitimate policy differences and signs of psychic pathology in his behavior. So when we talk about well, this first definition of what, how it pertains to George W. Bush is perfect. They say the acute onset of uh, onset of paranoia in otherwise normal people in reaction to the very existence. Apply that to Donald Trump and you will get this story. You will get other stories of people being attacked. Breitbart for a long time was maintaining a list of people being harassed and attacked. There was a story of a family, uh, a couple of people that were at a, ch- a cheesecake factory and the people came up and started hassling, like the staff were hassling them. I liken this to kind of like a mob mentality. They don't know why they do it. They just want to be a part of the group. There are many people who don't know how to fit in, don't know what's appropriate. All they know is I want people to like me. They go on Twitter and they virtue signal. TDS is a form of violent, paranoid virtue signaling. The fact that these women, this woman said, yes, baby, yes, stealing this flag. Why do you care if someone has the flag? What, what, what is wrong with you? What happened to them? where they snapped. I think I know. I think on social media, these people are encouraged. They're praised. And so it translates to the real world. When you see someone like, you know, uh, Kathy Griffin post that photo, I mean, her life was destroyed by this. But you see how the resistance cheers for her and defends her. They want to feel that too say, I'll do it. I'll do the same thing. And they go out and commit crimes, putting their children at risk. I don't know how you cure this. I really don't. Maybe turn the TV off. But CNN New York Times, Washington Post, a lot of these resistance outlets, they, they play into this. The, the Covington kids is a really good example of the media's Trump derangement syndrome. Now, I'm sure many of them knew what they were doing, but they didn't care. They wanted those sweet, juicy clicks. They are attacking people's minds and playing this, this TDS game for money, and it's making people unwell and paranoid, paranoid and delusional. I don't know what'll happen if Trump wins re-election, but I imagine it'll get bad. I'll leave it there. Next segment will be tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you all next time.